0: This is The Relevant
1: Podcast. It's Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Man, it's March already. In Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Still in Colorado Springs, author podcaster jamie ivy hey guys holding it down and uh one more time derek minor is missing this episode because he is in atlanta uh shooting music videos for his new album and new stuff very excited he's released new music but we miss him sitting in for derek this week once again relevant senior editor tyler huckley Hey, everybody. So, Jamie, you're in Colorado for a few days, not lovely Austin, Texas. Uh, you're thawing out up there in the Rockies. Um, okay, so very different up there, very different up there. Uh, you got the Air Force Academy. You've got a bunch of Christian ministries in Colorado Springs. Obviously, you got Denver with that conspiracy airport. Yeah. Um, so, since you've been there, have you noticed or heard or seen or driven by anything, like, odd? Colorado is full of it, you know?
0: Yeah. So there's something I learned here that I didn't know. And I think you're going to really love this, Jesse. This is like right up your alley, Jesse. Okay. I was told here in Colorado Springs, there is a mountain here that is where the president would go if we became under a nuclear attack. There's like something built into the mountain. And it sounded to me like what, uh, that TV show that I watched like two episodes of with Michael Scott it sounded like that a oh, little bit, but the is this Force. a true thing? Do you guys know Space about Force. this?
2: Yes. Yeah, so there's this a couple here? There's actually one in West Virginia as well. I think, I think
3: there's more than one.
2: Yeah. yeah there's oh, a couple. It starts the or something. To, he or she is closest. There, to it the There was a really interesting podcast. I, was, I'm, I wish I could remember to credit the creators, but that, it, it, you know, what it, it was a book. And the way this book was, the, the author had written the book, the inspiration was he was working in D.C. He was like a a, a journalist in D.C. And he found a card like with a with a name, like an identification card. And it, it was very Spartan in the information, but it had directions on the back of this card. Right. He couldn't find the owner. He couldn't locate the person. But he did some research and he followed the direction on Google Maps. It, to where it said to go. And it took him out in the middle of the wilderness to a mountain in West Virginia. Started doing some research. It's basically, it's one of those sites. So there's a couple of these sites around the country where if there was some sort of nuclear disaster or massive Uh, natural disaster, political unrest or something like that. And politicians needed to escape. They could go and they could hide in these mountains that are basically carved out and have, you know, years of supplies in them. Uh, But there's one in West Virginia. But the reason the guy kind of got interested in this is because he found this card. He eventually identified, found the person who's a security and intelligence official who... Not that great of intelligence, officially. <laughs> he literally, he literally lost that map to a secret hideout. Oh, oh my you know? gosh!
0: Uh, He's uh, fired.
2: But, but yeah, I think
1: they're in Colorado. They're yeah, it's in called NORAD,
0: right here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. really. Interesting I thought y'all would stuff. think that was cool
0: yeah. when I heard yeah. about it.
1: Jesse, you're you're an expert in these in these like rabbit holes. You have a whole podcast about this. I stuff. do,
2: I do. I have a podcast that uh, it's called Hiding Something, and it's kind of a docu series, but where I I it's more it's more uh, I'm a little bit more serious in it. But the topics are kind of this interesting stuff. I try to do anything that is straight up like uh, paranormal skeptic, you know, speculation, but a journalistic look at kind of the root. You know, I, I try to make it uh, the, the idea of it is it's separating. Facts from conspiracy theory. And there are some weird things that I think are worthy of investigation, but they also need to be separated from some of the conspiratorial implications of them. So, yeah, we're doing a season. We're halfway through the season two, which is about the crazy real life stories of the government's obsession with mind control dating back to the 1930s when they found Lucky out there. that that, the, that you know at the time Nazi Germany and then later the Soviet Union were conducting a lot of research man, it's a lot of fascinating weirdness that the government's been involved with dating back almost 100 years now.
1: Crazy. It's a really good, right. a really
3: good podcast, Jesse. Well, thanks, man. You're doing great work. <laughs> Thank, you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to none other than Hillsong United's Taya Roger. You may know her as Taya Smith. You may know her as Taya. You may know her as Taya, the voice of oceans. You know, Kind of one of the biggest songs ever coming out of Christendom. Uh, She talks to us about how God has moved in Hillsong Church, even during online services. Uh, The band's new live concert film that captures their sold out Madison Square Garden uh, concert and a lot more. If you haven't seen that live concert film, you're in luck. We might have a place for you to go to view it for free. Uh, we also uh, have a look at the brand new issue of relevant which came out yesterday if you follow us on the socials you saw the announcement if you if you uh, are on our email list you got the email the March April issue of relevant is out and Tyler and I will tell you all about it that's also coming up uh, and your feedback all right well stay tuned up next it
4: slices they're like hey mate, you can't keep For the things you say, like There's some people that you could never Make right And really do I wanna sweat? No I don't know why don't let this go Hold it inside, let it take control Tell me what I should have said And I'll pretend to know that Things come out my mouth that I should probably
1: You're listening to Mike Shinoda. The song is Happy Endings featuring Ian Dior and Upsol. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2020 was interesting. So let's do a mental health check-in. How are you? Really? What do you need right now? Therapy can help. Now, what is therapy? Exactly. It's whatever you want it to be. You can get some tools to help with motivation, Depression, anxiety, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work, whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join me and the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if BetterHelp is for you because you are your greatest asset. Right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can get a special deal. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Relevant. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Relevant. Okay, it's time for... Slices! All right, now I will tell the listener behind the scenes... Before we recorded this episode, Jesse was very excited about the slice <laughs> he was about to bring to the point that like he built up my expectations to an a level that I don't know that it could ever satisfy but jesse i'm very I'm very I'm intrigued pumped. to hear what you bring. Okay. you were very wait. pumped about this, this is very this is very exciting. Right, what do you have jesse all right
2: guys i this is the first time I'm announcing it to anyone, including my family I'm oh consi- my gosh
0: i'm considering still so ex- excited.
2: I'm considering I'm considering moving to Pakistan. And here's (laughs) why. I'm very serious about this. Have you
0: told Dana yet? She has no
2: idea. She has no idea. When She sees me practicing uh, for for what I'm about to explain. I think a lot of the pieces will fall into place, but I feel like it's better for her to see what I can do. Before I make the announcement, because it is a pretty big move for our family. Um, yeah, pretty big. Pretty Tyler, big. did you see yeah. this story coming out of Pakistan and their, their newest it, law it, enforcement the video, it, There's yes. a little bit of
3: a video element to it. Am I thinking there's the right thing? There's a very
2: strong video element, which I've yeah. watched uh-huh. it, dozens and dozens of times <laughs> at this point. So the city of Karachi has, has a little bit of a a a little bit of a problem. It is the most populous city in Pakistan. And it's it, there's a lot of people moving around and about every day. And street crime has become a pretty big problem. So pickpocket, I'm talking old school street crime, pickpockets, things like that. OK, what's happening is because the streets are so crowded, uh, one of the major problems is thieves on motorcycles can grab a purse or grab a wallet, push someone down. take their, you, We know what bad guys do. And then they kind of scoot through the crowds and they get away. <laughs> And We've so seen the police, it in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. So the police uh-huh. there have decided to uh, unveil a new division, particularly targeting some of this street crime. There are 20 members initially, soon to be 21, because I'm about to send them a <laughs> video of my own with some of my own <laughs> skills. Uh, it's 20 people right now, and it is a rollerblade theft division. Okay? These are people. They wear all black, and they're padded out, and they're very <laughs> they're concerningly heavy uh, have armed and they're rollerblading around. So for Pakistan released a video. I evidently to scare the, the criminals off the streets of Karacha. Look, huh. guys, they need help. They need me. I'm not trying to be <laughs> like, hey, this, this country needs like an American. I'm just saying, watch the video and you tell me. If I was a criminal, I'd be like, I'm targeting the rollerblade cop to areas because, they, I mean, they released a video of these guys like gingerly jumping over curbs and jumping downstairs <laughs> while waving a gun around. Like there's a couple times where you know that fall you know when you're on rollerblades and you're about to fall, and like if you're on a skateboard and you fall, it slides out from under you. And it's like it's like watching a cartoon character slip on a banana peel. Feet go out from under you. It, yeah. it it's it's it looks painful, but it's slightly graceful. You know what I mean? It's like this swoop, one motion down, ha ha. ha. You ever <laughs> see someone lose their balance on rollerblades? All four limbs start <laughs> going, at, acting independent of each other. Yeah, okay? yeah it's no good. What they're, the legs are kind of marching around, slapping the ground, like uncoordinated... Arms are literally just like flailing, like all four limbs. Now imagine someone with two handguns doing that down the street.
4: <laughs> that's, basic, that's
2: basically the video that they released of this of this uh, rollerblade SWAT team. Okay, here's a, here is a uh, I want to can I read a paragraph? My favorite paragraph from Reuters write up on this. Uh, Reuters, the the unbiased international news aggregation service, <laughs> said this. Safety concerns were raised when initial footage of Karachi's unit trained Karachi's unit training showed officers carrying heavier weapons. But Ali, who oversees the project, said the unit would only carry handguns, reducing the risk of bullets ricocheting. Can we just eliminate the risk not reduce it? Maybe we <laughs> shouldn't have armed people on. Maybe if we shouldn't combine firearms and rollerblades. Like as great as it sounded on paper, maybe we can give them like little batons or like tasers or something. But live ammunition on roller Blades. I can you imagine trying to aim a gun while rollerblading? Like rollerblading is awkward enough, but if you had to shoot a target yeah. with a handgun on yeah. rollerblades, uh, but then I this was thinking about then I was thinking about what are the tactical advantages, right, of rollerblades? Well, obviously you can move fast. You're pretty nimble, and at first I was like, from a tactical perspective. I, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea. Then I watched some of the video, and a lot yeah. of where they're training is on like the, in these parks and urban areas that are surrounded by desert and sand and beaches. And it's like, well, if I'm a criminal, I will literally just walk into the sand and be like, yeah. you can come chase <laughs> yeah. me on your
3: rollerblades. Good luck in the sand in those.
2: It, 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 you, I if, appreciate If I run to the grass
3: with the if I snatch a purse, I run to the grass. What's their move? What are they on? Are they going to sit down and strap, unstrap the Velcro? Like, one oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as I get these rollerblades off, oh, you're gonna really. Be... Or
2: they, they're like, they just. We just need to find a cart path, some way around to cut them off, and it like, you know what I mean? Like, it just like on paper, it sounds like a great idea. And these or twenty scares? people, these twenty people are arguably the luckiest twenty police officers in the face of the planet. But their training has evidently not involved any rollerblades because none of them look. All that secure <laughs> on their feet. Like when I'm watching them, they're, they all kind of got the wave. It was almost like they were randomly chosen and be like, "Hey, by the way, you're gonna be a cop, so we gotta wear rollerblades all the time." Like that's Taylor, what the video looked
1: like. Tyler, you said stairs, but going downstairs is fine. But but to get away from you, if you ran upstairs, upstairs, be yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty. But yeah. but you know. <laughs> like, Jesse, I'm thinking like this is an Olympic sport in the winter Olympics where they have like snowshoes on and they have to go mm-hmm. shoot and stuff. And it's like, you know, I think that they could develop the skills to be able to shoot and have control with, you know, Whew, unusual. I, I, will,
2: I will say this. I will say this you did not watch the video that is
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm be honest, so these 20 cops can just like v- at one point they're raising their guns and unit. they're like doing they're just like inventing weird drills that don't really have any tactical it's like all right we're all gonna they- this is a point in the video they're all rolling down the street in a line and, and going like one two three up And raising their guns down. (laughs) Like, what scenario would that be? It's like you're the British Army in like a goofy, you know, like Revolutionary War movie, just walking over the hillside in a line. It's like that's 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 how we're going to combat the purse thieves on motorcycles. You guys just walking around in a line pointing guns randomly. It just doesn't. I just don't think they've
3: thought it through. That's all. That's all. Yeah, do you think do you think that this feels like an opportunity for Elon Musk to uh, to really revolutionize <laughs> the game with like, like all terrain shoes that you can pop out, rollerblades, or like ice skates, or to run flat footed? Like there, there's a there's you're a technology about like a here, a Healy, like Healy type of situation, yeah, that hasn't been yeah. invented yet. That you know, if they run onto grass, boom, you've got lawnmower shoes, and you're just like brrr, like going over the grass like an automatic lawnmower. If they're on if they're on a sidewalk. Uh, you've got the wheels. If they hit the slopes for some reason, it's a James Bond situation. Then the skates come out. This doesn't seem like that hard of a
2: thing to invent. I got an idea. If you're looking to stop thieves on motorcycles, how about motorcycles? They work pretty pretty well too. And they have engines,
4: unlike rollerblades,
2: which are powered by people's ankles.
1: Yeah, I mean, this goes back to bike cops too. I mean, it just seems like unnecessarily wheeled officers isn't the way to go. Right. But for I a mean, bike
2: cop, worst case scenario, jump off the bike.
1: You know, yeah. like you right, just right, right. You jump yeah, you off. ditch the bike and run. Yeah, yeah. rollerblades right,
2: yeah. like hold up, just one sec, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like clipping and then you're running around in socks, which yeah. honestly, you look goofier than the rollerblades at that point. <laughs> like I see you in your full tactical outfit yeah, and you're running true. around in a pair of white grass socks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I would just give back the purse because I feel bad.
1: But so maybe they're like uh, wheelies, the rollerblades, where like the wheels can just go <laughs> and like and they turn into yeah. shoes. That's that's, that's what, what I thought. Need. That's
2: what I thought too. These are probably special tactical rollerblades. No, no. These are straight up. (laughs) These are what, like, Walmart rollerblades. These these are what, like, you know, grandma who gets a new cool hobby is excited, like the young cool grandma wears.
1: Okay, real talk before we move on to the next one. Real talk. Answer this truthfully. When was the last time you rollerbladed? I want to know the date or the year.
0: I don't think I've ever been on rollerblades.
1: Never been on don't, rollerblades. I would say at this point in your life, Jamie, don't like just don't yeah, don't, no, don't ever yeah, wonder. You missed, you, you missed it. It's I over. It's missed the, the window. I think
2: the last time was a street hockey game in the cul-de-sac in '96. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm pretty laughs> <down there.
1: laughs> so you had the street hockey rollerblades. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the aerobic yeah. rollerblades. You yeah, had the yeah. the chunky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, Tyler. Yeah. I, I think there. I think that there
3: was. I remember a, a college rollerblade situation at one so, point. That so nobody, nobody
1: partook in the Renaissance. The ironic. Cameron, Renaissance. didn't you
0: say that you were rollerblading during COVID? <laughs> no,
1: I don't have oh, rollerblades. Where would you even buy rollerblades? I don't, I don't know. Even know. I just
0: thought someone said that that they took up rollerblading.
2: No, I do know this though. <laughs> I do know this. <laughs> one person on this podcast, at least, would rollerblade around a college campus. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> I, Wait, right now what? in our life? No, no, no. But no. in college, in it college, was the '90s. It was the '90s.
1: Everybody looked like Hugh Grant, and we rollerbladed. Leave me alone. Everybody <laughs> was Last doing that.
3: At least you weren't the unicycle guy. Could be
2: worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: no, every that's
2: college true. has one of those. Like, okay, who are you trying to impress? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right.
1: What do you have, Jamie?
0: Uh, well, you guys know what Texas just went through because yeah. I wasn't here last week because we didn't no have electricity. No laughing matter. No laughing It was matter. not a laughing yeah. matter. It was really crazy. In fact, it's still a lot going on there as we record this. But I saw this story and I wanted to share with it because these things make me so, so very happy. So a couple in Austin, Texas, my home city that I live in, uh, they were having some food delivered to their house just like... People do all the time, probably like, I don't know, like a, a, dr- a driver through some kind of food service. The woman comes to deliver their food. Her name was Chelsea. Chelsea pulls into their driveway, skids into their flower bed because of the ice. And uh, it was her last delivery of the night. So the couple was like, hey, just come on in and wait. while well, you know, you call AAA and they'll get there. And then AAA told her, thanks, but we can't get to you, obviously. They invited her to spend the night with them. They made her a steak to eat with them for their Valentine's Day dinner. And then you guys, she spent five nights with them because she couldn't leave. So this sweet couple invited a complete stranger to spend the night, five nights with them because she couldn't leave. And let me tell you, I could have come up with like a million other stories like that of people who did things like that in Texas. And it makes me so happy because it's just this reminder. You know what? There are some really good people in the world. Good and I there. love that mm-hmm. so much. So yeah. kudos to Nina and Doug for letting Chelsea stay in their home for five nights. That is
1: that is really I mean, it's really
0: not rollerblading cool. in Pakistan, but let me tell you, it's good stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is cool to see as divided as it seems like our country is that when true tragedy happens or a crisis happens, it's like, it's not even a question. You know, the majority, the vast majority of people will selflessly take care of their neighbors. And, and you know what I mean? And it's like, you see, the good. You see the helpers in the midst of the worst moments, you you look for the helpers, Mr. Rogers said, right? And they're always helpers. And it's really cool to hear stories like that.
2: I was gonna say, I, I would have I would have availed my home to many guests had I not been in Cancun. <laughs> 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 for
1: much of this
0: <laughs> Well, you probably were just going down to drop your daughters off and then come back. Oh, so God, yes.
1: yeah. Surely, yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you have, Tyler? Um so
3: I this is a, a story that actually that Cameron passed across my desk uh yesterday that I'm curious, I'm going to get I want to get uh Jamie and Jesse I want to get y'all's thoughts on. So this was this was a a survey that went out uh, and what what they wanted to do was try to find what people's if you could freeze your aging, if you could stop growing up at any year, what year would that be? Uh, so this is they, they. So they asked you're, you're to,
1: this age for the rest of you're your this
3: life. Age, you stop at this age mentally, physically. You, you you stop growing.
2: I would I would probably say seventeen because that is the limit where you can do a bunch of dumb stuff and not have <laughs> you can still you know, blame it on being young. Y- y- yeah, you can. St- yeah, exactly. I think legally, I don't know how that, all that works, but <laughs> your, your charges mind seventeen. <laughs> It was it was I it was the my last I'd love to play a Last Street Hockey game I'll tell you that.
0: It's <laughs> just this our body or also our minds and our family. Body and and our and careers? mind body,
1: body, and body mind and emotions mind? Li- life yeah. experience everything. This mm-hmm. year was the best year and I want to lock it in.
0: Oh gosh. I think it's coming for me. I don't think I've been there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, that's aspirational. I like that answer. Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
3: The best years. I right mean, next.
0: if you're learning like body, I mean, let's all go back to we're 18. But my. Mind- but, but, but I'm. I'm not saying
1: like like everything that happened this year. I'm not saying that. It's, it's yeah. what age is the best age? Like in your mind, man, that was my I mean, peak.
0: I'm not joking, you guys. I love being in my 40s. I'm 42, and I feel mm-hmm. like, man, I'm a, I'm about to hit a groove is what I feel like in lots of ways, personally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all the things. I like where I am. So I'll pick 42, you guys, unless I pick ahead. I do think the best is yet to come. So there's that.
3: So you, so you feel like with the age you are right now, you're like peak. This could be so far, thus far. This is peak Jamie.
0: I like this Jamie, yes.
3: That's a great, that's a great
0: feeling. I, is, that I, okay? really, that is, I, is that okay? My, my, oh, I
1: that is, it. the way I'm wired is I, I agree with you. I That's how I actually feel is like, I don't think, I don't like look back at a year going, man, I wish it was still like that. I, like I'm present and I'm excited about the future. But if I'm talking about like what I think people would say the best age would be, I would think like I would, in the past, I would have said probably like 27 but I think probably maybe like 30. That's where my head would go. We're like, you're still young and cool, but you're have enough wisdom. You're probably at a good point in your career. You know, I'd say around 30. That'd be my gut.
3: No, that's what, cause I would have expected, I would have, I was surprised by the answer that this poll found, which surveyed 2000 people, because what they yeah. found was that most people, if they could freeze themselves and freeze their age in amber and stay that age forever, the answer was 36 years old. Yeah. 36. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. 36 feels like it feels mm. that's older than I would have thought. But it's still, but you're, you know, it's not, it's not young. I mean, I'm, so I'm 36 years old. Very frustrating. My peak year has been spent in quarantine. So I don't, (laughs) it is not, this has not been me at my best in any sense of the situation. But, but, uh, so I, and then when they broke it down, they did break it down by, um, if you're talking just physical health, just your body, the average answer was 29 years old Mm -hmm. or your, I would say something like that too. Yeah. But if you're talking, and this is, a, I want to get your thoughts on this. I said, if you're talking wisdom, like if you're just talking your like yeah. mental wisdom state, 51 years old.
4: Which I, I agree. agree that
3: that's older, but is there a, do you get, start getting, does your wisdom take a dive then at 52? Is that the idea that you start getting, if you're just talking wisdom, why not go all the way to, I mean, I get that you can get a little more closed minded as you grow. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Like you yeah. stop, you get a little less open to new ideas. Oh, I wouldn't. Have, I didn't
0: hear it like that. I would have thought like when you get into your 50s and when you've lived enough life that you're not so maybe black and white about things like maybe you can see things in the middle and you're just wiser. Like I feel like when I got to mm-hmm. 40, even 36, even like a little bit older, a lot of the I don't care about what people think about me was gone than in my early 30s. And so I feel like you just get like, mm. oh, I can have my own opinion and I can make yeah, my own yeah, decisions a little bit more as I get older because oh, who cares? I don't care what you think about yeah. me.
2: And it seems like I don't want to paint all people in their 50s in the same brush because everybody's different. But I, I'm sure for every person there comes or most people, there comes a point where they feel pretty certain about what they think about mm-hmm. the world, you know, and you, you become more inclined to seek out confirmation bias and things oh, that challenge those ideas. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, like, again, I'm speculating here, but I, but I think this is something we all wrestle with. Right. Where it's like, you know what? I'm old enough. I figured this thing out. I'm pretty certain this is the only way it should be done and you kind of close yourself off. I'm assuming for different people that, you know, they start leaning into confirmation biases at different ages, but I think everyone will probably have to recognize that tendency in themselves in order to combat Mm -hmm. it because at some point you're just not interested in, it it doesn't have to be like a dramatic worldview. It could just be like, look, man, I really like this one meal from Taco (laughs) Bell. I don't care if they redo the whole menu. I'm getting the number four, you know what I'm saying? But you could scale that out to different things where your world just stops expanding. At some point, if, unless you're proactive, yeah, I don't so want so that you, to you be know? me
0: though. I want to be proactive about it.
1: So you're you're aligning yeah. that that answer to contentment, almost like this was the year where I stopped striving and, and trying to chase something, and I just settled in. I think it's a double edged sword. It can't be a double edged sword, yeah.
2: I think I think I think I think it can make you more content, but I can also think it can make your world yeah, a lot smaller, yeah. which isn't necessarily a, thing. a bad thing. But uh, but I think it, there's something cool about discovering new things a lot too.
1: Yeah, you agreed. Know? Interesting. Well, so the answer is 36. So if you're not yeah. yet 36, the best is yet to come. If you've already passed 36, <laughs> we're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, we will tell you all about the brand new issue of Rolling.
4: You can come and say hello We all just want some better days and tomorrows Better days and tomorrows We all just want some purple, greens and blue, yellows Fireworks will make it cold
1: We all just want some better and tomorrows You're listening to Purple Disco Machine Song is Fireworks featuring Moschina and the Knox See, the reason why we wanted to have such a pump it up jam is because we wanted you to be smiling and be in the mood for the goodness that is the March-April issue of Relevant. Issue 105 released yesterday, and we are going to tell you all about it. Uh, Tyler, this issue, dude. Let me hear it. Blew me away. Blew, blew me away. <laughs> blew me away. <laughs> okay. Here's okay. The, here's the reason. Here's yeah. the reason, Listen, dear listener. Not only do we have some of the coolest people... Some of my favorite people. I'm a huge fan of a bunch of people that are in the issue. But we have probably some of the most substantive. We tackle some of the most substantive topics. Like, (laughs) I, I mean, it was just like, okay, we're not pulling any punches this time. So whether you like relevant for, I don't know, keep you in the know of all of the cool stuff going on, or you like that we cover stuff that other people don't and we will say things that other people won't. This issue is for you.
3: And I think it goes, it takes topics that people know are kind of substantive and find finds like new wrinkles to them. Do you know what I mean? That's something that, that when you, because you think, like you might think that you're pretty up to date on the climate change situation and the, or at least I thought I did until I sat down with Ben Lowe, who founded the Young Evangelicals for Climate Change, uh, and t- talk to him about the current state of the of the fight against climate change right now and that conversation just unpacks all sorts of layers and nuances to that conversation both in terms of the how big the problem is and in terms of how diverse the solutions can be they just would not have occurred to me if i hadn't gotten to talk to some of these experts and that's what i really enjoy doing as part of the job at relevant is when you get into these issues and you uncover new contours to these debates that usually don't make it into some of the the mainstream sort of loud
1: shouting back and forth conversations you know what I mean by that yeah yeah and and the thing that was cool is specifically about the climate change article uh, is it's not framed in a partisan way it's no. it's framed in a biblical way in a life way and a in a you know this is this is <laughs> this is a Jesus issue. So, you know, it's not like a liberal or a conservative issue. It's a Jesus issue. And it's interesting to have that kind of unpacked. Um, The issue has Johnny Swim on the cover. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you heard them a month or two ago talking about some of their new TV shows coming out. We go in depth with them. We go, if you look at the cover shoot and 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 the photos, it's like behind the scenes at home with Johnny Swim. Yeah and that's kind of the vibe of the story. Kind of they've they been doing so much during quarantine. They're like very they're obviously very public people.
3: They're on the road a lot there. They're they're very they're very comfortable on stage. And then like everybody else over the last year they've been very private because they haven't been able to go anywhere. But they've also at the same time they they're filming this reality show for Chip and Joe's upcoming Magnolia Network so they've kind of been Private and public. It's a very weird tension that they've uh, that they few people probably in the country are as equipped to deal with as they are. Uh, always love talking to Abner and Amanda, just two of the best. I got nothing bad to say, but it's not a puff piece, but but there's a lot you could puff about those guys. They're they are so
1: cool to talk to. And and I love this conversation. Uh so they, you know, I think they were last on the print mag cover two years ago mm-hmm. and a lot's changed since then. No, a lot's so changed for we thought us. we thought we should go catch up with them. For them, yeah. They've they're just in a whole new stratosphere
3: of uh, of their own career arcs right now. As not just singer songwriters, but also as uh, as reality TV stars, honestly, burgeoning reality TV stars. We also talked to one of
1: my the <laughs> one of these actors that Any role he's in, he steals scenes. He he he's you know he's one of these breakout actors that has been stealing scenes from Atlanta to Knives Out to I mean just go down the list. Sorry to bother you,
3: yeah, Lakeith Stanfield man,
1: that guy. He first
3: popped up on my radar on Atlanta. Where he plays Darius, who's like in a very strange show. He's still the strangest part of the show, right? He's he's very. He was on
1: that. He was in that Carlton eccentric. Pearson Netflix the, the, movie yeah, as right. well. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the guy. There's no. There, he's he's just on a very strange trajectory. He's incredibly talented. Very sharp actor. Very interesting actor, right? He's he makes a lot of very uh, sort of counterintuitive, unusual choices in his performances, and it works really, really well. Of course, right now he's getting a lot of attention for Judas and the Black Messiah, which he's in with Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, excellent story. Of uh, look at the story of Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. Uh, we got to be we, we get to have a conversation. We got a conversation about what a difficult role it was. We found out with with this that he he was kind of shooting for the lead for for the role that ultimately went to Kaluuya which was the starring role. Uh, but he ended up with the sort of turncoat role. You can read more about why. It's it's a great conversation.
1: He's, he's the Judas, yeah, and the Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah, yeah. Uh, also, we talked to one of my favorite if not my favorite comedian, Nate Bargatze, a uh, long time podcast listeners will remember when he was in the studio with us years ago, Jesse and I saw him first in a showcase at South by Southwest, a big comedy showcase blown away and v- stood out that night because not only was he uproariously funny, he was the only clean comedian by a mile. And so Jesse <laughs> and I were like, who is that guy? Yeah. And like, he's gotta be a Christian. I mean, like he has to be, right? And so like, we kind of dug, and then he came in the studio a couple months later, been a huge fan ever since. I would say it, there, are a, there are a couple of comedians that like went to a, another level this year and, and Nate Bargazzi would be one of those. He had so he's great, had specials on Netflix season, and he just yeah. took a huge leap in his comedy career. We talked to him about his story and if you're not a fan yet in the piece we have clips of some of some really hilarious uh, clips from some of his stand ups so you can get
3: caught up also got to, we, we featured some of the conversation that I had with Rachel Dan Hollander uh, here on the podcast a couple of weeks ago after uh, the the sexual abuse scandal broke involving Robbie Zacharias. Could not fit the entirety of the conversation that we had on to the podcast here because we just don't have a lot of time, but really wanted to find a place to share more of it because it was so good and so rich. So you can read the conversation, I believe, pretty much in its entirety in the issue right now. And I would really encourage everyone to go do it. She is so sharp. She is such a, a you, you could not, in a lab, you could not, you could not engineer a better activist for this moment that we read right now than, than Rachel. She is, she is, she obviously comes from, has a, a very, her own tragic story, her own experience. Uh, with sexual abuse that she's spoken out about, she's but she also has such an incredible passion and heart for other people who have been through it. That's theologically informed. That's legally informed. Um, she's sort of the uh, she she's the worst nightmare for anybody who is trying <laughs> to be a who for would be predators in the church. And, and it's a huge job. She's very frank about the size of the job that's in front of all of us who are concerned about this. Uh, but if you if you care about it, if you want to be more informed, that conversation is a great place to start.
1: I saw comments on Instagram after we posted that podcast conversation with her uh, a week or so ago, two weeks ago. And, you know, the reason why we ran the segment uh, when we did, because the portion of the conversation that we you know, focused on was about the timely news about the mm-hmm. Ravi Zacharias sexual abuse allegations. Uh, obviously the conversation with her, I mean, she's, she's the, the one, the lawyer, the author uh, who, a former gymnast who, who broke the U S gymnastics uh, scandal a few years ago. Uh, and, and she has, as a believer taken on, you know, uh, advocacy for sexual abuse victims, especially in the church. And and so we knew there was a lot more to it, but we wanted to run because of the timeliness, the Ravi Zacharias thing on the podcast. I saw in the comments on the Instagram post about the episode, like, oh, well, we're glad y'all brought this up, but I really wish that that conversation with Rachel was a lot longer. Like it felt too short. Sure. Now, it was one of the longest interview segments we've ever run because <laughs> it was so full yeah. of amazing content, right? I yeah. mean, like... Clark told me it was like, man, Clark this one was like about 20 cut. minutes. And that's like, yeah, exactly. So I'm sitting there reading these comments of people going like, I wish you guys would have run the rest. I'm like, it's coming. It's in the Mac. <laughs> like trust us. You, you we can't. know it's amazing. So it's here. Uh, we unpack it and she just brings it. And I would, Everybody needs to, to read that conversation. Speaking of rich conversations, uh, really did. It, it, sometimes
3: you it, do a lot of interviews. Sometimes you get an interview that's just so good and so profound that that it's really humbling to get to, to work with it and almost kind of daunting because you want to do it justice. That is the conversation that we have with Tim Keller. And this one right now, Tim Keller, as was announced last year, is facing a very serious cancer battle with pancreatic cancer. That is, uh, he gives us an update on that, and uh, it's a sobering update. But uh, he he also is about to release a book on the resurrection that is coming, and it is a very, uh, obviously – profound and beautiful tension that at some point we are all going to face and and tim keller is more equipped for that than a lot of people are just given how much time and and wisdom he's brought to the theology of the resurrection over the course of his very long career so uh working with that piece was uh was a a challenge but it's also it's a very humbling challenge grateful that tim was as open to talking about the the season of life that he's in right now as he was
1: I think I think when we look back over the years at, you know, wow, it was an honor to be able to publish that. Mm-hmm. I think we'll look back at this conversation with Tim Keller as a very important moment. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, it was very sobering and very challenging. Um on a different side of the coin, the one of the things we like to do at relevance is talk about like culture change and impact and like kind of looking at things differently. And if you remember a few years ago, it was probably about five years ago. uh, There was kind of buzz around this tech entrepreneur out in Seattle (laughs) who announced that he was going to make the minimum wage at his company seventy thousand dollars. Right, that was the minimum wage, and you know it was quite the talking point because a bunch of people say, you know, this is socialism. A bunch of people said, this is this is going to do well, whatever. Well, Dan Price is his name. He he's a believer. Mm -hmm. And he talks to us not only about that in the five years since then, which is fascinating, but also kind of a bold new vision he has for America mm-hmm. as well. So, if you're interested in like innovation and culture impact and and business and things like that, this conversation with Dan Price is something you don't want to
3: miss. As somebody who is decidedly not like that's not really my lane, like business business chit chat. That's not that's not the Tyler yeah. Huckabee beat usually. I still love reading this piece, uh, and and I and I think somebody like Dan Price is such an interesting guy who brings such a sort of a, a pretty radical vision that has so far worked out very well for him and his company. He he has he has the receipts for that what he's doing is working, and he wants to
1: make it bigger. It's fascinating. Check that out as well. And lastly, last but not least, we talked to uh, the the headline guest on today's. Podcast. Yeah. You're going to hear uh, in the next segment. You're going to hear part of our conversation with Hillsong United's Taya Gock, Roger Taya Smith, Taya. Taya. Like <laughs> she's known by she's yeah. known by many names and uh-huh. one name. Um, you know uh, the voice behind Oceans and so much else. Uh, she is coming up, um, and that is just a part of the feature that you can go check out at realmagazine.com Now. Digital issue, issue, what is this new era for Relevant? If you've been a long-time listener, you know that we started our print magazine in 2003. Um, we started this podcast in 2005. We've been around a long time. Uh, and the, at the end of 2019, we put our print publication on hiatus while we kind of reassess the next 10, 15 years of magazine, long-form journalism, and publishing. We last fall, last September, launched our new era, which includes six bi-monthly, Digital issues each year, culminating each fall in one big print annual magazine. We figure instead of mailing six magazines to you throughout the year, we'll just mail you one big fat one. And then um, six digital issues throughout the year, you know, you can, and we can do so much with those, like IE in the Taya piece embed the entire live concert (laughs) video and uh, you know you can experience Nate Bargatze and you can experience this music and and all that and we love we love the potential of what you know uh, we're seeing emerge with uh, what we can do with digital publishing so six digital issues a year Uh, the cover is Johnny Swim and guess what our friends at UHSM Health have made this issue free for everybody. They are the presenting sponsor of the issue. So therefore, there are no ads and it is completely free. You can go over to relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab and the March-April issue is there. Check out all these amazing features. Share them. Spread the word. Uh, you know, Tag us on social. We'd love to see your reaction to these pieces. And thanks so much to UHSM for being the presenting sponsor of this issue with that uh, Tyler you the team did amazing work man uh, it's it's I know it's like a moving target to figure out what this era of digital magazine long form journalism publishing is and I think we are figuring it out, man. Yeah, it's a man. fun yeah, moving target. It's a, it's,
3: it's an enjoy. Like you said, the, the opportunities, one, one thing that I never enjoyed doing is like writing about music. Like, well, it kind of sounds like, you remember, <laughs> yeah. remember the outcast? Yeah, it's kind of like outcast, but with like, and I don't like doing <laughs> that very much. So just being able to just press play. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't, you don't need me to tell you <laughs> what it
3: sounds like. You can just figure it out yeah. on your own.
1: And it, I mean, to me, there's a need. I mean, when we put the print mag on hi- on hiatus because of, you know, basically economic challenges and just it, there's got to be a more efficient way to communicate these messages than mailing paper all over the country. Yeah. Um, w- but at the end of the day, we didn't want just to put out a blog. We felt that there was a need for substantive, long form storytelling, journalism, conversation, and really magazine content. And that's what this is. Obviously, if you check out our site or follow us on social, you know that we're publishing countless things all day, every day. We're pushing out, you know, finger on the pulse coverage. But these intentional moments every eight weeks is, is, is our chance to step back and go, these are the voices we need to be talking to, sit down with. These are the the, the stories. These are the uh, issues that we need to be wrestling with as, an, as a generation, as a readership. And so that's what we love about this magazine uh, Thing, even in the digital space. It's really cool. So, all right, go check it out. slash magazine. And thanks again to our friends at UHSM for sponsoring the issue. Stay tuned up next. It's our conversation with Tejas. listening to wallows the song is quarterback probably has nothing to do with football well today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform anchor if you haven't heard about anchor yet it's the easiest way to make a podcast first of all it's free there are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and every major platform The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Taya Gockroger, formerly Taya Smith, sometimes known just as Taya, is one of the lead singers of Hillsong United. She made her first debut with the band, leading the song Oceans, not a bad debut, which received the award for Top Christian Song by the Billboard Music Awards and then became an anthem for generation for years. Uh, Taya sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to talk about the band's new live concert film, which just came out, which captures their sold-out final show at Madison Square Garden a couple years ago. Uh, She also talks about how God has moved at Hillsong Church even during the challenge of online services and how she's continued to see God's work during her last year at home. Here's part of our conversation with Hillsong United's Taya.
3: from the beginning when this, you all first started doing this um, kind of to now, how is your opinion or your interaction with the whole idea of Zoom Church changed or has it changed?
5: No. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, And I don't know if it's because like one of my top strengths, actually the top strength is positivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the I think it's called sure. the Gallup strength. Yeah, fine yeah. Thing. Um, I also know JD's top strength is positivity. Uh. So I was like, well, He's an awesome person, so if I'm a little bit like him, I'll take it. Um, (laughs) He's one of my favorite older brothers. Um, I've always been of the mind that God can use anything and anyone. It says in the Bible that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I mean, he uses me, (laughs) and I know how good I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been of the mind that I will get as much out of a church service, a meeting, a gathering, as much as I want to, depending how much I choose to be attentive, choose to be present. You know, like when you get one word from God, like just even one, like it doesn't have to be like a full message. When you get one word from God, that encourages you and that edifies you. And hopefully, I mean, just side note, hopefully like church isn't just the only thing that people are, getting edified by as in like i hope people have a personal relationship with jesus sure and then not i yeah i don't know like maybe the the season was one where it it brought back you know like maybe a bit of the things that we would hide behind and it kind of revealed our foundations and maybe where we were a bit shaky or maybe we'd built on something like maybe an experience rather than the actual person do we Mm -hmm. Do we go for all these different reasons, and mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that was probably challenging for all of us. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it just revealed many different—the great revealer, um, <laughs> 2020, you know, of what's on the inside and what comes out. You know, like for me, I've always, yeah, I will get as much out as I want. It just depends how attentive I am, because the Lord's always speaking, and He can again use anything and anyone. We've been reaching more people than we have ever reached and the entire time that we have you know been at Hillsong church and in areas that we maybe haven't been able to go and physically put a building but there have been people that have been connecting in and so I feel like God's been kind and reminds me of what is the main thing the main thing we do this to connect people to Jesus What's his name?
3: As, as Hillsong is, and it's a very, very popular band. Uh, it seems like maybe all of you, but you in particular, it seems like have sort of a, maybe a complicated relationship with with having such a public um, spotlight that you're under an awful lot when you're, whether, whether it's a literal spotlight on stage or even things like this, like we're doing now, it seems like that's been kind of a, an interesting tension for you to have to navigate.
5: Yes and no, only because it's, Like if we talk about it, as in like, what is what is the job of a worship leader? A worship leader is to to draw attention to yourself, to be like, hey, 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 Mm -hmm. this is where we're looking, and this is where we're going. Right. So, so I think sure, like, there's that tension, but to be honest, something that's blown me away, even, you know, even since I like moved to Sydney and getting to be a part of our creative team as a whole, I've just laughed at. The fact that to be able to lead worship effectively, or the way that God wants me to do it, mm-hmm. um, I actually need Him. I need Creator God uh-huh. to be able to worship Him. He's mm-hmm. so good that He doesn't just leave us to our own devices. And, and if there's an if there's been a time where it's felt like He's fully done His thing, it's because <laughs> I've been so desperate and knowing I can't do it myself that I've spent time aside away from everybody else just like going god mm-hmm. like what do you want please come like so it just makes me giggle a little bit because i just love that
4: yeah. that
5: i need god so much in every little thing even to like worship him mm. and i think mm. i don't know if if he was you know just a human normal person no divinity like i don't know like maybe we would leave people to their devices and be like oh I'll see what you got but you know he's so good that he's like Nana. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Have the best place to take you. And mm. I'm gonna give you a little bit of a taste and you know. Um, and to be honest though, like I don't take myself too seriously. I know who I am and I know who I'm not, and I know that God can't bless who you're not. Mm. I will always be the second best version of somebody else. And so I don't know, I don't I don't think mm. I like wrestle with it because I know that it's not truly my spotlight. So here I
4: stand, i
5: i think the thing that i wrestle with is social media I read this book, which I think a lot of Christians would have read in the last year and a half or two years even. I think it's John Mark Comer and it's mm-hmm. the, um, the elimination story. Basically, just a little background story. My husband yeah. is probably the person who I look up to the most with his relationship with Jesus. He prays like no one that I know of and then he lives out what he reads and he reads like the little literal trend as closest that he could get without being in Hebrew and Greek, like the literal translation of the Bible. And then he delves into like figuring out actually what does it mean and what did God mean when he said this through the inspired word and all that to say. Um, my husband doesn't have social media at all. Mm. And he, smart man. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, it's just such an ironic thing. I think it can be super helpful. I know for a lot of young people, like I'm just thinking about when Ben and I, by the grace of God, when we have kids, um, we're going to have to deal with kids that have, that's it, even if we let them have phones, social media, and just like this, getting this perception of like what people think of you and what you put forward. And mm-hmm. like, for example, like, you know, I have however many thousand followers. I don't know these people personally, but the thing is like, I wish I could tell young girls Likes don't mean anything. Comments don't mean anything. Like it doesn't yeah. add anything to your yeah. life. Actually, I love our senior pastor, Bobby Houston. Um, we call her Mama Dove affectionately. Um, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and very prophetic, but she uses it as a beautiful tool to encourage people. And she, yeah, it's, it's never a bad vibe. And it's also really funny. Sometimes she posts photos of a dog and she takes it lighthearted and, you know, she's not there taking selfies and just being like, I look amazing, but here's a scripture. You know,
4: uh-huh. yeah. I
5: don't know if I'm gonna post a cell phone, I'm going to be like, I felt good. I know I'm an idiot, and look at the chip in my tooth. <laughs> Came from a microphone. Oh,
3: who cares? <laughs> I don't know. No, that's very. That that's a very. Uh, I I can appreciate how much thought you've had to put into that, and how much uh, time and discipline you've had to bring emotionally, and mentally, and spiritually to figuring out what that life needs to look like for you and it shows it really does it's very apparent. I do want to talk about people, about the album. Um yes, at what please. point during all of this was it was there ever a thought where you're like, I just don't know if we can record an album on in a COVID lockdown? Or did you was it always like, yeah, we're gonna do something with this time? How did it even come together?
5: Well, I mean, the fact that our the whole people tour you know, it was a couple of legs because we live on the other side of the world, Mm -hmm. Um, how it was, like, culminating into Madison Square Garden sold out, like, also that's just crazy, (laughs) just P.S. I'll never forget. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we're at church. (laughs) (laughs) No one would have thought that, that. you know, that it was even a thing or possible or, um, and I had gone to concerts, like a, a concert there. And I was like, wow, this is insane, like amazing. Never thinking, you know, a couple of years later, you know, we're going to be there and we get to worship Jesus and all together. Um, yeah. And, and so we, like Jamie talks about it as well, but like, you know, we walked in, sorry, the reason why I mentioned that is because we're talking about the other day of like, you know, walking into the rehearsal and just seeing like, you know, Chisel and Joel being... A little, um, I mean, they were very soft and a little emotional. Just like, how are we allowed to do this? Like, how? I know, because it's it's an iconic venue, and even though we don't ever do anything for any of that, because again, sure. we, know, we know that all that stuff is gonna like you don't take sure. that to heaven. Um, but it's it's just like I think it was sweet and the kindness of God. I
4: will praise you on the mountain. And I will praise you when the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you the valley all the same.
5: No it just felt amazingly timely. And even just a good reminder, even for us who you know, we're out of doing the normal thing that we do for a year. I feel like it was a sweet reminder for us of what's really important Mm -hmm. and gathering together, even though it looks different than what we think. Um how important worship is, my gosh, like worship is like the greatest reminder for me of what actually matters. Yeah. As soon as I like lift again like it's It still baffles me, like, as soon as we sing praises and as soon as we sing anything to God to glorify him, he comes and he's there. And as soon as we, so it makes sense, as soon as we, like, worship, our eyes go off ourselves, we're looking at him, you know, like, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Um, Look full in his wonderful face and all the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, and it's just, I don't know, like I had texts from friends that have said that they've watched it and they put it on whilst they were, you know, pottering around the house and more than ever they've been reminded about the power of worship and why it's important and why it's important that we would lift our voice to the Lord, particularly when things are yelling for attention and we don't understand and people do things and we don't understand. And it's like, okay, what's the really important thing here? Jesus when we look at Jesus we are changed and we're transformed and we need to be closer to him than we are the other things that take our attention away and make us less like him let's be honest um, no one h- had any idea that maybe the season was going to keep going and yet I love the perfect timing of God's like no, nah, this is a good reminder even mm-hmm. if it was just for ourselves but I hope that it <laughs> reminds <laughs> other people of the hope that we have in Jesus
4: in the fire, next to me sea
3: one last question I think it's a short one what is your favorite worship song of all time it can be hill song but it doesn't have to be
5: yeah what's your favorite. <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like there's so many that like I'm really just stepping into the ring with songwriting. So I feel like I could say any Hillsong song and I would have nothing to do with it in the best way. Um, oh, it's so hard because I have so many favorites. I can't lie. Last year I read, um, Keith Green's biography by his wife, Melody Green. Mm -hmm. I grew up with his songs on a cassette tape, Songs for the Shepherd and
3: so did i that was my parents that are their whole yes. thing yeah they we loved keith
5: around in the van yeah. and we'll put it on and i was just like you know i knew there is a redeemer and oh lord you are beautiful anyway i read this book last year and it felt very poignant um for just stepping into like songwriting and it's a whole other layer of like why you do what you do and being okay mm-hmm. with being in the wrestle and how good <laughs> that book just impacted me so deeply, you know, there's portions of Keith's journal in there and just like his wrestle before the Lord about what's really important. And I think one time he went out and he couldn't feel, you know, again, like we're not ruled by feelings and emotions, um, but he couldn't, he didn't feel like the presence of God. Oh no, I don't know if he couldn't feel the presence of God, but he just didn't feel the anointing for that particular Mm -hmm. moment. And I don't know, like, you know, fully the surroundings of what that was. But I remember he came back and he had written in his journal, I was like, God, I would rather be dead than go out out, you being with me and without, like, because he so badly just wanted to please the heart of the Lord, the heart of the Father. And I feel like I kind of resonated with that a little bit. So I would have to say, like, I've been on a Keith Green, um, a bit of like a hunt of late, but also reminding me of that childhood, cassette tape that i grew up with and so i'd have to say one of my favorites would be oh lord you beautiful because i feel like it just encapsulates everything as in like oh lord you beautiful and your face is all that i seek and when your eyes are on me um your grace i always feel like i need to sing it because i am so bad oh. Is i around? your yeah. grace surrounds me your face is, your face is all I seek when your eyes are honest child your grace abounds to me
3: abounds what it
5: is. which not everyone says it's like and I want to take your word and shine it all around but first help me live it Lord and when I'm doing well help me to never seek a crown for my reward is giving glory to you and I just think maybe that'll always be my favorite song because it'll always remind me And hopefully just like humble me to like, hey, this is not yours. I have everything because of Jesus. And I'll never forget sitting on the plane on the first tour I ever got to go on. And I read this scripture in Psalm. I just said, make known among the nations what he's done. And I was so blown away that we got to do that. We actually get to go into different places and tell people about Jesus. And I felt humbled that we got to live out that scripture. And so I feel like I'll forever love that song, Oh Lord, You're Beautiful, because even in the title, it's all about Jesus. It didn't mention anything about me, and so I would say that's my favorite one.
4: Oh Lord, you're Your face is all I see. For when you're
1: that was Taya. Check out Hillsong United's new live concert film. It's on YouTube. It's also right there in the feature, uh, which you can find in the new digital issue of Relevant at slash
4: magazine
1: You're listening to Cautious Clay. The song is Roots. Love him. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got talking about uh, Game, GameStop and, and the crazy stock market being you know seen as like a casino and everybody's trying to cash in. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Uh, inevitably, the house always wins, right? Uh, so it got us talking about a time that maybe you thought you'd get a quick few bucks and went for it and maybe fell to a scam or a bad MLM beat or something like that. You hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast and also posted on Instagram. Although I will tell you not that many of you wanted to publicly fess up about times you got swindled. <laughs> I, get I get it. I get it too, right? I, I, yeah. When I saw the replies, I'm going, I'm not putting that on the internet. I'm not going to tell about the, <laughs> the phone cards in college that we are trying Yeah. Or All these right. people haven't realized they've been scammed yet. They're still like, <laughs> That's oh, <true>. my ship's <laughs> coming so in. No, yeah.
4: oh, any day, now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So here's a few of our favorites.
2: So uh, Bethany said that she's... Dr- dr- <laughs> I really wish she would have expounded here, but sometimes yeah. a tweet is all you need. She said, I've joined four different MLMs and a cult. I am not proud. <laughs> well, <Bethany>. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it seems like you're out on the other side there, uh, 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 Bethany. Well, her so that, Twitter handle
1: good. might be telling about her zeal for life. Her Twitter handle is I Drink Anarchy. So. which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah,
4: and pretty she, also,
2: <laughs> she also has alien DNA in her bio so that's another uh, positive cool. sign but yeah MLM's that's another years ago I was helping to work on a, a story that we actually ran in relevant I think Tyler headlined great headline called Heaven and Cell, which uh you know has it all right be to what it's about yeah. you know but it's mm-hmm. got a little double entendre going but in in prepping and researching that story and trying to find people to talk to I joined a bunch of MLM social like pages on Facebook oh no. And and I was so wildly entertained by the content they would post that I've I've just it's continued to be a member of their group uh, for five years now, going on six years now, and I am constantly um, uh, amused and and concerned about their methods for attracting new new people into their their you know kind of business model but it is it is definitely a weird world that if you're not very very careful you can lose a tremendous amount of money on Absolutely. and you can damage a lot of relationships you know dabble. we got with. a
3: we got a this is from john b here and this is another one where we we need more details here because John said, uh, he said, I was the only one who walked out of one of those sales pitches you'd get trapped into by answering a vague help wanted ad from other people in the newspaper. Uh, this one was selling water purification pills with a pitch by an overly cheery former tennis instructor and featuring a video of here's where we gets kind of weird <laughs> featuring a video of the president of the company standing on a cliff. With two sports cars, as he angrily dared anyone to say his company was a pyramid scheme or a scam. The whole tale is too ridiculous and long for Twitter. A- (laughs) hit it, call us, call in. I'd love to hear more about it. <laughs> yeah. wait, too long for Twitter. We got time on the podcast. B, yeah. if you're daring people to say this, like, like how dare any of you say this is a pyramid scheme unasked, like unprompted. That is the first red flag right there. Like, well, I wasn't Can, thinking it was a pyramid about, scheme. I'm
2: going to, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna re up the dare. I'm going to re up the, the red flag. Tyler, anytime you're in a business meeting and the person who called the meeting <laughs> issues you a dare,
4: I'm going to, I'm going to just go out on a limb here.
2: <laughs> probably said the means not going well you know
0: or if they're standing off the cliff on two yeah. sports cars that's a yeah. sign too like hey i don't uh, know if this is a good thing uh-huh. uh rodrigo says uh i signed with to sell knives yes knives i immediately knew what he was talking about when he said that Cutco. i Cutco. would carry the cut knives everywhere i went mm-hmm. to display how sharp and reliable they are i ended up making enough money to take care of my entire mission trip, and then quit believe- before leaving to costa rica quick and kind of rich listen i love cut code knives yeah. Come to my door, I'll buy
1: one. Somebody gave me some Cutco knives. They're fantastic.
0: They're fantastic.
1: Yeah. I didn't even know it was MLM. I just thought it was nice knives. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Make yeah. yourself
3: a nice little get get a nice little pile of cash <laughs> together. Go on your mission trip. Then, then get quit. out you yeah. you you're, you turned you started as the scammy you became yeah. the scam you scammed yeah. the scammers that's
4: the way to do it <laughs> and, and
3: you got a pretty pretty rad knife
4: collection <laughs> right. <game. laughs> that's right that's <laughs> right
2: sounds like sounds like a win-win-win yeah, Maybe. yeah. 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 I, yeah. you guys know one time we were in
0: uh, you know how you they bring you in and say you can stay two nights at our hotel and you just have to go to a presentation Have I told you guys this story? We went to the presentation and they were going to to sell us a timeshare. And I started crying in the video because it was so sweet. And then a woman looked at my husband across the table and was like, uh, do you love your wife? If you do, you will provide this for her. And yeah. I looked at Aaron oh. and I was like, Aaron, you, we have to do this. Do you love me? Do you mm-hmm. love our family? And my husband with the head on his shoulders in the middle of the meeting was like, we have to, I felt like I was being brainwashed. You guys, like I turned into the woman who was like, if you love me, you'll bind me this timeshare. And mm-hmm. I almost did it. We almost did it, but we didn't. I, we don't mm-hmm. own the timeshare.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, not really, an
0: MLM, no but.
3: love lost there. No, timeshares, you got timeshares you got to watch out for yeah. those.
0: But, uh. but Jamie,
3: just
2: think you could be right now on a lovely 4-day weekend in Albuquerque. <laughs> and <laughs> because someone in your family obviously isn't loving enough, you are stuck in a boutique in Colorado Springs. So
1: That's
4: exactly uh, right.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. Well, there's more feedback where that came from. Go check it out. Okay. It's time for this week's
5: editorial question of the week.
1: Okay. So last week we asked you about kind of regrettable money stuff. Y'all don't want to publicly out your stupidity about money. I get it. It's fine. Okay. This week, we got to talk about rollerblading earlier as we do about twice a year, it seems on this podcast. Um, We want to know your most regrettable hobby. You've had that one hobby in your past that looking back, you're like, what was Mm -hmm. I thinking? That was lame. We want to know what it is.
2: When I was like 12, I thought it'd be cool to like be into model cars, like building them, you know, and I went to the craft store and and bought like a real, I was like, if I do it, I'm going freaking all in. And I bought like one that was like, you know, 5,000 pieces and you got to paint them all and. Within 20 minutes of opening the box, I was getting nauseous from the smell of the glue <laughs>
3: and very, very overwhelmed
2: when I saw that 20 minutes of work didn't even put together an axle on one wheel. And I'm like, this hobby sucks. I got to find something better. This one. <laughs> this one is boring, hard, and frustrating. And I'm pretty sure I'm doing some brain damage by... I, I should be... Is this glue? Should I be wearing a mask for this? This is sounds like some pretty heavy chemicals in this stuff.
0: <laughs> this is where all the women my age are coming out and going to tell us how much money they spent on scrapbooking years ago. So here uh-huh. it is I'm ready yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I, know, I feel like there's gonna be a lot from this year even that people are already yeah. like the, like march of 2020 oh, they're, bread, bread, they're bread like bacon. maybe I'm gonna be the maybe yeah. I'll maybe sourdough. I'll get into <laughs> sourdough. fencing maybe that'll be my thing I don't know
4: <laughs> fencing <laughs> yeah. yeah we should also ask like what what
0: People should tell us like what hobby in March of 2020 where you're like, <laughs> yeah. this is my new thing. And then by mm-hmm. August, you're like, I hate my life. I'm never eating another piece of bread in my uh, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: No one. Li- hey, newsflash. No one likes sour bread. <laughs> no, one. I don't care. I don't care if that piece of yeast has been in your family for 30 years and what you did to make it. It's sour bread. I don't like sour... Sa- like It's not a combo that goes together. People <laughs> just eat bread because they smear stuff on it to mask the taste. Don't make it sour, okay? That's, that's you know, no one
1: wants it. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or you can post your replies on this episode's Instagram post over at the Relevant Magazine IG account. Many thanks to Taya. You can follow her on Instagram at Taya Gokroger, which is G-A-U-K-R-O-D-G-E-R. And check out the full feature with Taya in the newest issue of Relevant Magazine, along with incredible other features on with Johnny Swim, Keith Stanfield, Nate Bargatze, uh, Rachel Denhollander, and so much more. It's available for free, thanks to our presenting sponsor, UHSM. And you can find it all at relevantmagazine.com slash magazine. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
2: I'm considering moving to Pakistan
5: and here's why. <laughs> Relevant podcast network